Engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It's nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Uh, what is this trend? I'm having this, this text conversation with a friend of mine on Instagram. I'm noticing people who, it's like they have photographers with them taking pictures. No, apparently people are carrying tripods around to take tripod selfies. This is just collapse of the West. Oh my goodness gracious, uh, the, the vanity culture. We'll get into that, but we got to get with Bo Bergdahl first. Bo Bergdahl is going to be dishonorably discharged. She's going to have a cut in pay, but he's not going to jail. The judge, the military judge, says he took into account some of the not nice things the president said. Why is that relevant? It shouldn't be. These are activist judges, even in the military. This is how far the um, how far the ridiculousness has gone. The pollution of progressivism, which is increasingly becoming a, I swear to you, progressivism is a mental health illness because it has a defined pathological trajectory. And what I mean by that is I told you guys last week or the other day when the, when the terrorist attack happened in New York, I told you that it was only going to be a matter of time before the left says we need to start banning cars in cities. And today, it is they want to ban cars in cities. We'll get to that. But Bo Bergdahl, he's, he is out of the military, dishonorably discharged, uh, reduced, reduction in rank, all that, but he's not going to jail. Now, I couldn't reach out to comment, uh, to get comment from the soldiers who tried to rescue him because they're all dead. They died trying to save this guy, and he's not going to jail. Uh, amen to the president for blasting this decision. Now, listen, these are not Article Three judges. They are not impeachable judges under Article Three. These, this is, these are military judges. But this is another example, I think, of the Republicans needing to wage an all-out war against the federal judiciary. Because more and more judges have decided they are a, 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 the republic. They are Pluto's republic. They, in their divine wisdom, will tell us how to lead our lives. And they're all guided by His Majesty Anthony Kennedy. This military judge knew there would be no repercussions for him in letting Bo Bergdahl go, none. In fact, the left will probably make him a hero for sticking it to the president. Never mind all the men and women who died trying to save Bo, Ber Bo Bergdahl. Traitor Bergdahl. The, you should be angry with this decision. But, you know, there is another aspect of this, too, that some of you are going to be mad at me for saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. That's never stopped me before. We've now seen multiple decisions from judges saying the reason they're doing what they're doing is because of the president's Twitter feed. 
that because the president said something on Twitter, they must do the opposite, and it's wrong, and it's bad, but no higher court has yet reversed them for doing so directly. The Supreme Court in a roundabout way has, but none of the higher courts have said, you can't do this just because you don't like what the president said. So I know you all like that the president tweets. He's not going to stop tweeting. He's going to be himself. He's going to break through, but I think this is just another indication that there are times and issues about which the president should keep his mouth shut on Twitter. And maybe this is one of those things. Now, there is a perfectly valid and plausible argument this judge was going to do it anyway. He just used the president's tweets as a way to do it more directly. But he was, he made, the president's tweets made it easy. The president, though, was not the bad guy here. The judge is. And the judge in the military should be disciplined for this. Bergdahl should be in jail. This is inexcusable. And if Bergdahl's not going to the jail, you might as well get rid of that judge. We got to move on from Bo Bergdahl. We'll take your calls, though, as need be. I wanted to come on this program today and tell you I support the Republicans' tax plan. Because, you know, the, the, the tax plan on paper is good. The tax plan on paper, it, it looks good. It sounds good. Um, it, everything seems to work. But there's a difference between a plan and the actual legislation. And it's the legislation that matters, not the plan, because the legislation is what becomes law, not the plan. And to the extent the plan is reflected in the legislation, that's a good thing. But it looks like the GOP is offering a plan that's great and legislation that sucks. This kind of does suck. There is, for example, a 46% tax rate buried in the plan. It's called a bubble tax. Here's what happens. Most people think that, let's say you make a million dollars, you're going to be taxed at 39%. You got that? that? That's what most people think. That's not actually the way it works. We have a progressive tax system. So your first $40,000 is taxed at one rate. Your next, oh, $150,000 is taxed at another rate. Your, your next $200,000 is taxed at another rate. And, and it gets higher and higher and higher. You don't pay a flat 39%. It certainly would make the math a lot easier if you did, but you don't. Because then you, you've got deductions, you've got credits, and you've got this progressive rate. Well, what the Republicans have decided to do is that people who make between a million and $1.2 million are going to see their tax rate go up to 46%. And then when they get over $1.2 million, it's going to go back down to 39%. Now, the reason they're doing that is they say, you know, we're giving you a discount on taxes for your first $40,000. You, you get all sorts of credits and savings and deductions for your first $40,000. So when you get cross one point, when you cross one million dollars, we're going to make you pay all that money back, all of those credits and deductions and savings that we give you the next year. You're going to have to pay it back between one million dollars and one point two million dollars. And if when you get over one million two hundred thousand dollars, then you go back. It just further complicates the tax code, and that's the problem here ultimately. The Republicans promised a simplified tax code with their tax reform plan. And instead, they're complicating it even more. And that, I think, is a really, really, really big problem. And I can't support the tax plan for that. But there's another even bigger issue 
about the tax plan, a huge fundamental and profound betrayal from the Republican Party towards all sorts of people. And when we come back, I want to talk about that betrayal because it really, to me, disgusts me about the current Republican Party. It is 25 past the hour. Before I get into my significant concern about the tax reform bill, I want to go to the phones, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Buddy and Delonica, welcome to the program. How are you? Good, sir. How are you doing? Good. I uh, didn't know if you wanted to ask the questions based on what she had given you, or do you want me to just... Oh, yeah, you go, go for it. it about Bergdahl. Okay, well, um, JAG is Judge Advocates General. I'm a 27-year retired commence sergeant major, and um, that means that they basically they provide legal counsel, and they oversee uh, military tribunals to make sure they're conducted in the proper process. As far as judges, it's really a, a group of uh, members that make up a board, and because he was enlisted, a number of those board members on the court-martial would be enlisted soldiers, mostly senior, obviously senior to him. And then you'd have the one appointed duty officer uh, who's going to conduct the board itself and, and, and decide the, the punishment for him. Now, that being said, they're not political appointees as, as, as uh, a typical judge would be, right. if you will. And then in addition to that, the, what, kind of uh, tying into what you had said, we've got a generation here based on Obama taking us over the eight years of progressive um, social experiments with the military has been my experience. My experience of uh, generation of officers that have the same mindset, not all of them, there's some good ones out there, and who still believe in the country and the patriotic uh, reasons why we would serve the ideas behind the flag, individual freedoms. But uh, there are some, and I don't know, I just, in my experience, been about 33% of them that kind of lead in and believe and buy into that um, progressive mindset. Yeah, and you know, the, the Obama administration did a very good job of turning the military into a experiment for social change, including lowering standards for bringing people into the military and lowering standards for keeping people in the military and lowering standards for promotion and everything else. Uh, and it, it, things like this become the logical outcome. Now, it, it could have been, though, in, in all fairness— it could have been that Bergdahl suggested he was going to have a sex change like Bradley Manning, and they just decided they didn't want to pay for it, so they would, <laughs> they'd let him out. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it's a horrific decision, uh, particularly in light of the number of people who died trying to rescue a deserter. It just, it really, it's appalling to me. It is. Buddy, thanks very much for the phone call. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And, you know, it is a Friday night, so we'll loosen up the phone lines as well. Um, I want to spend a little more time on the tax reform plan. In fact, more time than I originally intended to talk about. Uh, also, you should know Harvey Weinstein. It looks like there may be an indictment gearing up. An actress in New York City has gone to the cops to say she was recently sexually assaulted by him. They are investigating. They are trying to find a way to put Harvey in jail now that he's become inconvenient to the left. Uh, Kevin Spacey remains out there. Um, nobody doing anything to him. Looks like he's winding down his charity, though, or some such. When we come back, though, there's a point on tax reform, and you need to hear it and why it's a bad idea. 
It's 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Look, I haven't had to do this in a while, but uh, even if you're on the podcast, this is actually live radio, and I feel obligated to. Uh, if you are headed south on 85 south of Noonan, you are about to hit a thunderstorm, and it is just south of Moreland. It is just now coming over I-85. If you are south of the 75-675 split, uh, where 675 comes back into 75 around Stockbridge, you're going to have rain down past Locust Grove. The Hampton area, heavy, heavy rain right now in Hampton. It's headed towards Locust Grove. Locust Grove is going to be getting heavy rain in the next 15 minutes. Uh, between Mableton and Smyrna right now, there is a, a bit of light rain. And Douglasville, uh, you're getting some light rain in your area. The heavy stuff, though, south of the city, it's clearing out on the north of the city for now until you get up to Dalton. Uh, get up towards Dalton and Chattanooga if you're headed up there for the weekend. A lot of heavy rain coming in up there right now. Haven't had to do that in a while. Now, the phone number, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I cannot support the Republican tax plan as it stands. I wanted to come on this program this afternoon and tell you I support it. I talked to the Speaker of the House uh, about two weeks ago, Paul Ryan. He called me, and he asked me to support it. He explained what they were doing, and I told him I, I loved what they were doing, and I would support it. And I want to be able to keep my word. Uh, I, I want to be able to, to say I support it. And in theory, I support uh, tax reform. In, in theory, I support it, and it goes in the right direction. But there are some lines in the sand one must draw. And I must draw a line in the sand on something I believe is non-negotiable. And that is the adoption tax credit. There are very few of you listening right now who have adopted kids. And I know this because there were only 120,000 adoptions in the United States last year. Think about that. Of all the kids out there who need to be adopted, there were 120,000 adoptions. And it is extremely expensive to adopt. It is highly expensive to adopt. It is actually cheaper to adopt a child from China than it is to adopt a child in the United States. There's less of a bureaucratic hassle. And Congress has for years allowed an adoption tax credit adjusted for inflation. It's now at $13,490. And that doesn't defray all of the costs, by the way. It's that expensive to adopt. Um, it's more than $13,000 a year to adopt. And Congress wants to get rid of that tax credit. That will further disincentivize people in this country from adopting. The Republicans in Congress are spending money to fund Planned Parenthood. And they want to take away the child tax or the, the adoption tax credit. And you know, they say, well, we're going to raise the child tax credit from $600 to $1,600. I'm sorry, but that's not nearly enough to help people who want to adopt. This is a financial disincentive to them to adopt. And you would like to think that um, just because there's a tax credit or not, that's not going to financially disincentivize or incentivize people. Why then did we put the electric car tax credit in? Because it incentivizes behavior. And there are people who would love to adopt, but otherwise financially can't adopt, and the tax credit helps them. 
And I think if you're pro-life, you got to support this. And I think if you're pro-life and that is your governing cause, then you need to oppose the tax reform plan until they put that back. And so I consider this plan not supportable until they put the adoption tax credit back in. Okay, here we go. This is from the Washington Post. About 120,000, that's the number, 120,000 children are adopted each year. Some of them are stepchildren finalizing the process. Some don't have parents. Many are taken from foster care. The adoption tax credit is designed to help families pay for adoption fees or help them afford taking in two children to avoid splitting up siblings. It was created in 1996, has an inflation-adjusted lifetime cap of $13,460. It's not available to families making more than $242,000 a year. That's why, speaking at a Heritage Foundation event, um, Congressman Brady said he and his wife didn't take the credit when they adopted their boys. But folks, there are plenty of people who don't make $242,000 a year who do. The government only lost, and think about that, they're, they're saying the government lost. The government didn't collect $355 million of revenue it otherwise would have because of the credit in 2014, which is a pittance compared to the $1.5 trillion that this thing is going to cost. Just, it just it is infuriating. All right, we're going to go back to the phones now. I need a distraction. Dale and Canton, you're up next. Welcome. Hey, Dale. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Hey, I was looking forward to seeing you on Bill Maher, and I was just curious if they uh, held you back in any way because it seemed like you were sort of subdued in your comments. And, Bill, I, I try to avoid watching the Bill Maher show because he gets you so fired up because he's, uh, well, so it, it was kind of funny you, you asked that. It's actually a great question. Um, it, yes, I was a little bit subdued. I had never done it before and wasn't sure what to expect. And then several friends told me that if I reacted too strongly to certain things, um, that it, the camera would be sure to fixate on me. And um, th th that's not necessarily a good thing on that show. Uh, plus, it's just trying to work your way into it because, you know, it's live for 60 minutes. There is no commercial break and you're trying to have a conversation. And so my very first time there trying to figure out I don't want to dominate the conversation. I also don't want to not say anything, trying to find that right balance. Uh, it, it was definitely a, a, a by feel thing. Um, and I also knew Particularly when he started raising the religion issue, um, I knew that James and the guy across from him who had befriended Klan members, I, I knew that they would say something. Uh, and I, I had to force myself, actually, to, to be the one to speak up first to get that conversation going. Um, but I think it was to, to my my credit that I was able to. And then uh, James Carville launched into a defense of the face. But yeah, you're right. It, it definitely, my first time out there, not knowing how far you can go and trying to find your barriers. It was, it was a definitely interesting experience. And, and again, for those of you who don't understand what he's, uh, Dale's talking about, uh, being on Bill Maher's show, um, real time with Bill Maher on HBO, it really is in real time. That show runs from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Eastern time for 60 minutes straight. There is no commercial break. Uh, so you're there the whole time. It was a, a really fun experience, though. It really was. And, and his staff and he, they were all super nice people uh, off air.
It is 55 after the hour. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Um, let's go back to the phones. Annie in Atlanta, you're next. Hey, Eric. I wanted to um, get your thoughts on perhaps increasing the um, surcharge or the tax on nonprofits and private foundations' investment income. You know, you could, um, you could have an exclusion, like a minimum, mm-hmm. the first 50000 free, the first 100000 free, but the rest would be, you know, subject to increased um, third Well, so, so I, I guess to, to get there, I, the question is, um, why do we not charge income taxes to nonprofits? And the reason that the government doesn't charge income tax to nonprofits is because they, by and large, uh, provide services the government otherwise would provide, uh, with the exception of churches. The reason churches are considered nonprofits is because of the separation of church and state. Um, so I, I don't know that I, I would increase taxes on nonprofits because then you're taking money out of their pocket going to government, uh, which decreases the amount of services they can actually perform for people, thereby offsetted by what the government would have to provide. So if that makes any sense to you, I just, I, I'm not sure I would go in that direction. I'm scrolling through Instagram and run across an ad. Someone has made a (laughs) a remote-controlled cockroach that you can steer it around the ground and and scare people with. It's all well and good until you pay how much money to get it (laughs) and somebody steps on it. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, so in the last hour, we were discussing the tax reform bill, the adoption tax credit. And while I got a lot of other stuff to talk about, you guys want to continue talking about this. And I don't want to move to another topic and then come back to it. So I would rather start with phone calls this hour. Uh, The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Don't forget, you can get the podcast by texting SHOW to 444-999. Let's go to the phones now. Lee in Woodstock, welcome. Hey, Eric. um, I just got to tell you, I think you're off base on this tax thing for over the adoption thing and quickly it's because um we're talking 110,000 120,000 out of 330 million that's a that's a thousandth of a percent and there's no elected uh, representative we have that's going to uh go after trying to stand for that when they can't stand for the millions that are that are lost through abortion and I know and I agree with you on the concept of looking out for the adopted kids but this is this is not the point to stand for. The other point is the tax that we're talking about. Unless someone is right on the tax bracket where it would put them at a hundred thousand versus uh, eighty thousand or something like that, the actual percentage is only about ten or twelve percent change, and that's only going to equal two thousand dollars that they're really going to save in taxes. So when you say they, they they get to write it off, it changes their their taxable number, but the percentage 
only changes by 10%, and that's still going to be one or $2,000. So that 1000 they get may be enough to be, you know, it's half of what we, we're arguing over right here. Well, but you see, I mean, I, I would take the reverse position from you on that, that it is so little, and yet it helps so many people adopt. Or why not keep it? Um, I, I honestly, genuinely cannot tell you a person I know who has adopted who hasn't used that tax credit and it hasn't been a a mental relief for them knowing that they would have it. In fact, I, I know offhand, I, I've already seen five different people tweet to me this afternoon who are listening to the show uh, saying that they would not have been able to afford the adoption but for being able to get a credit for that 13000 whatever dollars it was in cost. So I, but, I think we're under, financially disincentivizing them. But understand, I, I, I hear you, and that's someone that's saying, oh, I'm going to get my 13000 or whatever. Uh, and a deduction, but the reality is, but that's it's, a it's, it's it's not from a deduction. Total... No, no, it's not a deduction. It's a credit. Okay, so but still, this isn't going to stop them from doing an adoption. This is if they want a child. There is no other way. They're going to say we're going to do it anyway. And and by the way, I am supportive of things to help uh, kids get adopted. So I'm not against that. I'm just saying this is one I'd have to challenge uh, because well, I'm not going to stop a tax program that's going to affect. 330 million because of 110,000 and and I think that's what the, the 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 whole congress has to look at is we got to look for the big picture and fight for the small details Sometimes it's what it's packaged with. Well, yeah, that's I, what this is. I, look, I, I appreciate it very much, and I do see your point. Uh, but my point is, you got to hold this hostage to get that tax credit back, because the Republican Party is a pro-life party that still fends Planned Parenthood. Okay, I need to explain for you guys the difference between a deduction and a credit, um, and uh, because that that matters, and and to a degree, Lee's argument was premised on a deduction. But this is a credit we're talking about. Now, what is the difference? Well, for example, a, a deduction comes from your total taxable income. So, for example, a deduction shaves money off your taxable income, so the value depends on your tax bracket. If you're in the 25% bracket, a $1,000 deduction is only going to lower your tax bill by $250. Why? Because you take your gross income, let's say your gross income is $100,000, and then you take your deduction of $1,000, well, that lowers your income by only $1,000 for purposes of taxes. So instead of being taxed on $100,000, you're going to be taxed on $99,000. Well, $99,000 and $100,000 are still in the same 25% bracket. Um, I'm just, bear with me on math. I, I don't attest to the actual bracket. But now what's the difference between a credit and a deduction? So a deduction lowers your overall taxable income. So your $100,000 goes down to $99,000. And so you take you then pay 25% of whatever 99000 is. A credit is dollar for dollar. So for a credit, if you owe, wind up owing $10,000 in taxes, and you've your adoption costs are $13,000, well, then the government will credit you $10,000. So your entire credit, uh, your entire tax bill is wiped out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your deductions come out before you pay taxes. 
your credit, you then subtract from the amount of taxes that you owe. Now, if you have a credit that is larger than what you owe in taxes, you don't get money back from the government except in certain cases. There are some credits where you can get that money back, but in most, including the adoption tax credit, you don't. It's just you wipe out your tax bill. So people who are adopting, knowing, look, I, I'm going to owe whatever. I'm, I'm going to owe, let's say, $10,000 in taxes this year. And it's going to cost me $13,000 to adopt this child. Well, they know going into the process that they're no longer going to have a tax bill. Their entire tax bill goes away because of the adoption tax credit, and they still have money left over. So if they do another adoption... They, let's say their, their tax bill is $10,000, so their first year, they, they have no tax bill. And then the next time they adopt, they've still got $3,490 left on that tax credit, so their tax bill comes down by that much. That's the difference between a deduction and a credit. Um, so at least premise was on, well, it's going to lower your rate a little bit, and, and but you're still going to have to pay taxes. No. You can, the average middle class person in most adoptions in this country are by people in the middle class. Someone in the middle class will have their entire tax bill wiped out because of the adoption tax credit. Now, here's the thing for those of you who still say this isn't enough. Let, let, me, let me ask you this. Are you saying, knowing that this tax credit the elimination of this tax credit will prevent people from being able to adopt. They will financially be unable to adopt a child. If you get rid of this, are you saying that you would rather the government pay for that child? Because yes, it's 13,000 some odd dollars total that might be given up by the government. But otherwise, the government is using your tax dollars to pay for a child who's going to be left in an orphanage or left in foster care or left in, in some other state facility scare. So you either give people this tax credit or you're footing the bill for these kids to live in state care. It really is an either or option. There is not a third alternative here. This money, we know, directly incentivizes, enables people to adopt children. And but for this tax credit, many middle-class families would not be able to afford the cost of an adoption. And no one's working on lowering the cost of adoption. So, yeah, I think it's a hill to die on. And why do I think it's a hill to die on? Because a Republican Party that can fund Planned Parenthood sure as hell better be able to fund an adoption credit for people. And if not, kill the tax plan. It's 26 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Nice like this. I feel like I need a third hour. I got so much stuff to talk about, but I want to go back to the phones right now. Sam in Roswell, welcome. Hello there. I'm one of those millennials who's still concerned about the national debt. Wait, 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 wait. You're, you're yeah. a little concerned about something other than yourself? This is amazing. <laughs> I'm not godless either. It's amazing. Yes, we're, we're, there's a few of us. But based on what I've heard about this new tax plan is that this is not doing anything to 
help repay our debt. So what suggestions do you have? That could make this. Tax yeah, listen. Help. So here's here's the thing, uh, and this is when I was at CNN. I always ask this question to, to Democrats: um, Is if we increase taxes on everybody tomorrow to what the Democrats wanted, mm-hmm. um, we would still be spending more than what the government brings in. Uh, so at some point, both parties are going to have to decide what are we cutting. Now, I realize there there is an argument Republicans make, and it has been valid in the past, um, that if you do cut tax rates, it does incentivize the economy. The economy grows. So even though you don't have as many or even though you don't have as many people paying taxes, you have so much tax coming in, uh, you get a lot of money. We saw this in 2003 after George W. Bush cut business taxes. Tax mm-hmm. revenue went up even though the rates went down. But, but that only gets you so far far because we're at a point right now where we've got almost full employment. So the GOP's got to cut something and they're not. And that's a problem. Uh, would anything... you recommend, sorry, would you recommend like the, maybe the military or welfare or. Well, I, I think that uh, social services to a degree have to be cut. Uh, I definitely think there's stuff in the military that can be cut. I mean, the, the stupid, what, what's the plane that replaced the Raptor, the F-35? Cut that. Mm. Oh, I nearly said a bad word. That's a crap plane <laughs> that can't fly. Um, they need to get rid of that. Uh, there are definitely things in the military that need to be cut. Um, there are huge social spending programs uh, that the federal government can cut. Uh, and frankly, they're going to have to find a way to incentivize even more growth in the economy. And the way you do that is first to cut the corporate tax rate, but second to deregulate. Now, why cut uh, the economy to grow? Because you'll boost tax revenue through a more thriving economy. We aren't really having a thriving economy right now. It's only 3% growth. We got to do all those things. It's Eric Erickson here, 39 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. A Texas restaurant is under fire for doing something I think is sheer genius. I mean, I, I, I wish that we would do it here at the office. I just I think it would be absolutely perfect. Um it's a Cajun restaurant in Texas, which means it's totally awesome. And it has replaced its um, bathroom signs. Uh, they will now have Bruce Jenner's face on the men's bathroom and Bruce Jenner as Caitlin on the women's bathroom. <laughs> Dodie's Place is the name of the restaurant. Um, sounds awesome to me. <laughs> Oh, people are really, really upset about it. Y'all, I listen, there are a couple of stories that, that I'm just going to interweave together. I, and I just think leftism in this country is a pathologically defined mental illness um, with an actual trajectory. Um, you know where it's going to go from where it came from. Um, for everything they say can't happen, they're just awful hypotheticals eventually will. Um, people wanting to marry their horse, well, guess what? People now really want to. Oh, but that's never going to happen, they said. Uh, gay marriage is a hypothetical transgender until they're not. 
I mean, the far left, with Hollywood's help, they've defined every single deviancy in the world as normal and done everything they can to define everything normal as deviant. Uh, the two-parent heterosexual nuclear household, it's now part of white supremacy and the patriarchy. If, if you're straight and have kids and are happily married, you are propping up white supremacy, according to the left. Regular churchgoers, you're bigots. If you live in rural areas, if you commute outside of the Beltway, or outside of the Beltway, outside the perimeter of the Beltway in D.C., if you commute outside the perimeter, you are a hateful, polluting bigot. If you think boys are boys and girls are girls, well, you're just a sexist misogynist. Because boys can become girls and girls can become boys. Men can use their daughter's bathroom. And there is no part of gay subculture at all that has anything to do with older men attracted to boys. And it's okay anyway because 14-year-olds, surely they're the age of consent. And you shut your mouth, you bigot, if you think otherwise. There actually are people, you know, the Boy Scouts had the, the pedophilia scandal and, and the Catholic Church did as well, uh, very prominent. And there were actually people who argued um, that the kids who grew up and, and decided they were gay, that they were born that way. Uh, it, the abuse had nothing to do with it. And people who were saying, but there's an overwhelming correlation here between kids who they're abused and over time they, they grow up and, and they're gay girls and boys well it was because the predators could were attracted to the pheromones that gay kids apparently really they, there were actually people who made that argument that there was some sort of receptage that was given off by the kids that almost sounds like they're making the kids to blame it's just absolutely insane. Everything must be justified. I mean, I swear to you, modern progressivism is the love child of the anti-vaccine movement and the Flat Earth Society. Because science explains everything, and when science explains none of it, they hop out with someone with a PhD or an MD who's a flake or a kook, and they justify it and say, well, by God, it's science. Science says and science sure is saying a whole lot of unscientific things for these people. And it's just, it is a standard trajectory. Everything must be conformed to their liberalism and progressivism, no matter how much sense it doesn't make. For example, the NFL ratings. You know, there's no way on God's good earth that the ratings could be down because of the flag protests. There's just no way, according to the left, because everyone supports the flag protests except racist bigots. Everyone else has taken a knee. Well, they've come up with a new way for you to understand why the ratings are down. So their explanation for the NFL tanking is that there's just too much football. If there weren't so many games, the ratings would be fine. And you know, there's a kernel of truth to this. The ratings did start declining with the oversaturation of NFL games. You, you got the Monday games, you got the Sunday games, you got the Thursday games. You got all these games. People started tuning out. They, they would only watch Monday Night Football. They were in habit or sun, Sunday afternoon after church and then Monday Night Football. So, yeah, yeah, to a degree, that's true. But then there was a massive, massive decline from last year to this year. And the TV executives, the, the, the left out there, they're out there saying, well, this is all part of an oversaturation. Really, people like the protest. People are supporting the protest. People are with the players on the protest. It has everything to do with it. No, it doesn't. And, and now there's another story out today. And this was so predictable. I told you the other day this was going to happen. And, and people were, were mocking those of us who said it was going to happen. After the terrorists in New York City on Halloween morning, afternoon... I told you guys that the left was going to come out and say we need to ban vehicles from cities. Today, 
Yep, they want to ban vehicles from cities. Because terrorists are going out, they can rent a truck, they, they can become an Uber driver, uh, what have you, and they can run over people. We need to ban them from cities because people get run over in cities all the time, and they're big polluters, and we could have clean air and clean water and, and clean unicorn farts if just we did not have cars in cities. It is all the cars' fault. It's not the terrorists' fault. we got to ban the cars, not the Islamic radicals. Just ban the cars. Ay, ay, ay. It is It is predictable. And it's like a mental illness. It is. I mean, none of this stuff logically makes sense when you dive deep into it. And yet they're convinced of it. I mean, none of this stuff adds up, including the banning of cars. But it makes them sleep well at night because they sleep in fever dreams. Y'all, oh, what's his name? Sam Smith or whatever. He He's that uh, guy who ruined the opening of the last James Bond movie. Um, Sam, what's his name? What, what's, what's dude's name? Um, Sam Smith. Yes. Yes. Sam Smith. He's also the guy who came out and said that he, he doesn't think he's a, a male or female. He's somewhere in between. Well... He wants you to have, because um, you might have kids in your car right now, I'll just say, um, intimate relations <clears throat> with your sadness. Yes, that's right. He, he wants you to get it on with your sadness, people. Again, progressivism, it is a mental health disease. I just, I, I think it, it has a logical trajectory. And its logical trajectory is just madness and pulling the whole world down around it. It is craziness. Um, and yet people treat this guy seriously. By the way, he, he really, his his song for, what was the last James Bond movie? Um, oh, Spectre. Spectre was the last James Bond movie, uh, which I liked okay. It wasn't as good as Skyfall. Um, it wasn't as good as Casino Royale, but I liked it. But the song was terrible. They should have just brought back Adele. Because uh, her song, her Skyfall song was awesome. Um, this guy's song was garbage. Not a fan. Not a fan. Next time, maybe they'll do like Taylor Swift or something. You can have the Adele-Taylor Swift rivalry. <laughs> Don't bring back Madonna, whatever you do. Hers wasn't that good either. They are bringing back another one. This weekend, my kids and I were going to see Thor Ragnarok. I have had several friends who actually skipped work today to go see it. I was going to skip work and not come see you people tonight, uh, but decided to go tomorrow with my kids and I may sneak off tonight to see it first so that I can see whether or not it is appropriate for my eight-year-old although several friends of mine who went to see it today said it was appropriate there was some bad language uh, but that it was otherwise appropriate it was a good family flick so we're going to see Thor Ragnarok this weekend and if you go to Rock Ranch tomorrow they're doing pumpkin smashing at Rock Ranch that's the Chick-fil-A facility uh, you may want to take your kids to the pumpkin smashing the weather down there should be good <laughs> <laughs> 